You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to The 30 Podcast. Here's your host, Jazz Kang. Welcome to a new episode. Should be on a happy note after all the Sixers did come away with the 110-102 win over the winless Pistons. We're now 0-4. Uh, we'll jump into that. Before we do, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us anywhere you get your fix. And of course, check us out at libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Joining me, one of the men behind the magic at Liberty Ballers, Jackson Frank. Jackson, what's going on, my man? Uh, doing pretty well. How are you today? I'm doing okay. I mean, I feel like maybe I lost, you know, maybe a year or two off my life to, at the end of that Sixers game. They were up 20. If you don't know, they were up 20. Similar ending to what we've seen, not just earlier in early on in this season, but over the last couple of years where offensively they stunk at the end and the Pistons went on a 16-1 run, got back into the game. If Jeremy Grant hits those free throws, it would have been a three-point game. He missed them both. What were you thinking when you were watching that last five and a half minutes where the Sixers didn't even manage to get a friggin' field goal over the last five and a half minutes. Uh, I felt like I've seen that game uh, many times over my, my various years covering the team, but I'd seen it as recently as uh, seven days ago or six days ago when they when the Nets were on a 16-1 run and uh, the Sixers went without a field goal down the stretch. But luckily, uh, the Sixers actually made a field goal down the stretch here on a pretty uh, a circus shot from Joel Embiid but, uh, oh, that's right, to, close yeah. That, yeah. to close that game. But but yeah, it felt, you know, to be cliche, it felt like deja vu. It's a game. I've seen the Sixers offense go cold many, many times in my four or five years covering this team. And it felt like another one of those. Yeah, it's it's interesting to know that the, the same struggles are happening. And, you know, you've seen this now, I think, since Jimmy Butler was gone, that they don't have a closer. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Ben Simmons, his absence is hurting the team in terms of getting creation, especially off of penetration and, and being able to get some open looks there. But what are you attributing it most? Like, I mean, you're looking at Doc. And let's be honest, since he won the title in 2008, which was a long time ago, the game was much different then than it is now. But when you're watching Doc, uh, what do you think he can be doing differently on the offensive end to open things up to get? Because I don't know if you remember this, this specific play. It was at the end of the third quarter. The Pistons, I believe it was Corey Joseph, gave it to Kelly Olynyk, who found Trey Lyles for, it was a beautifully designed play. It was like a backdoor cut, like a tic-tac-toe play. And I'm like, I don't remember the last time I saw a Doc Rivers team do that. So what do you think they could do differently on the offensive end to try and smooth this out? Yeah, I mean, you know, I wasn't necessarily super impressed with their offense last year either. But, you know, these first, I mean, these last couple of games, especially, and maybe I mean, all year. I just, they're just so unimaginative. I mean, there's basically what three play calls. It's they're going to run maybe like a kind of a mid pick and roll with, you know, Maxi and Joel. They're going to run, they're going to have two guys at the elbows out of horns and uh, Seth Curry's going to run Iverson cut no dribble handoff for a side pick and roll. And they're going to get Joel the ball in the mid post and left block. And that's about the extent of their offense. I'd like to see more weak side actions. Like they have good, they have good shooters. Like they should, you know, they have issues, of course. Like they don't have anyone beyond Maxi who is, you know, in his second year, who can really get into the paint on his own. They don't have a great pull-up shooter, despite, you know, Tobias trying a little more of that this year. So there's limited personnel, but they have good shooters. They have guys who, should, like, 
they shouldn't score 110 points against the Pistons. And the Pistons have been okay defensively this year. I think they actually entered, you know, Thursday's game top 10 defensive rating, but just more more movement, more actions. You know, if you, you have to manufacture buckets more when you don't have a premier career like the, the Sixers do. And I just feel like so often, like, you know, you mentioned that play. When's the last time the Sixers got an easy bucket beyond like a Joel, you know, early offense seal against a mismatch? Like, it doesn't happen. So just more, just make things a little more structured, I think, because I don't think the, the Sixers have the players to freelance as much as maybe you would prefer in, it, in an ideal offense or an elite offense. Yeah, and it's looking like that compared to, you know, it's funny, like watching them play and especially at the end there, I'm like, move. Like I was yelling at my TV <laughs> because you have like Seth Curry, you have Tobias Harris who are good players in their own rights. But there's, and again, I don't know what, you know, system they're they're being told what to do, but they're not moving. And there's nothing on the weak side, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, like even a backdoor cut, a weak side screen, something to get some movement to a guy open. And, and you don't see that. And it's interesting because I was looking back at the numbers other than the opening win against the Pelicans, nobody on the, on the Sixers has attempted more free throws than three in a game. That was FERC, I believe against the, um, the Brooklyn Nets other than Embiid. And so it's like, that means you're not getting any, you're not getting any penetration. Nobody's getting easy looks at the rim where they're being contested. Not even today. It was Joel Embiid went 13 of 15. (laughs) Nobody else attempted more than two free throws on the squad. You can look back at that. And so it's like, to me, when I'm watching this, like we're saying, it's the same old problem. But when when you're looking at this, how much do you think, and we'll get into what some of the news came out about Ben uh, earlier on in the day. We'll, we'll jump into that in the back half of the pod. But when you're looking at this, like how much do you think, and again, you know, they said they might use Ben in the dunker spot or a different area this year. How much do you think it would help to have, maybe not Ben Simmons, we don't know what's going to happen ultimately on that <laughs> front, but just somebody who could break things down off the off the top of the key. Yeah, I mean, it would just it would just help a ton. And I think in the in defense of the coaching staff, this is a pretty poor passing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would say in the context of the entire NBA, but especially you know in the context of a playoff caliber team. And so when you try to run more weak side actions, you know it's tougher. That's why they keep things so stationary with Joel in the post because Joel needs to know where his reads are. Um, and so I think that's one thing I want to point out. Is even though I'm like, yeah, weak side actions would be great, but I think the Sixers don't have a lot of good passers. And so if you're moving things around all the time, you know, it complicates matters for their, their offensive hubs, whether it's, you know, Tyrese, Joel, uh, Seth, T- Tobias, but yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously it would help. Right. And I think, you know, that, yeah, you mentioned maybe Ferk, but yeah, uh, I think the only other guy would be Tyrese had seven free throws against the thunder. Um, but, oh, the other, like, the game. Yeah, yeah. but, but, but Tyrese is a guy who you, you want to be that guy, right? He can get into the paint. So, you know, but the issue is like you, the, the Sixers would be awesome if Tyrese was in year five, but he's, you know, five games into year two. So, uh, yeah, it, in, you, know, you mentioned the Jimmy Butler stuff. It doesn't have to be a guy of Jimmy's caliber. It could be just some, some sort of happy medium between 20 year old Tyrese Maxey and, you know, in his prime Jimmy Butler. So, uh, just someone who can create a dribble in the half court would really help them and make things easier. Um, you know, get Tobias, you know, attacking off the catch more, get Tyrese tacking off the catch, Danny spot up threes, Seth doing his thing. Um, it would just, it would just kind of let everything fall in place. Obviously Joel would benefit too, especially given the way Joel would turn into a pretty good shooter, at least last year, it's been great this year to open the season, at least from sense from three. So um, yeah, that would just, that would make things a lot easier on everyone. But uh, unfortunately they, they are without that. Even if Ben Simmons comes back, I think you'll be looking at more of him helping defensively. And then, you know, increasing the transition frequency, which is always a good thing. You know, get up more threes and just it's easier to score in the open floor than it is in the half court. Looking at t- today's game, there were some positives. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid, obviously you mentioned that the game kind of ceiling shot that he had at the end w- was great. He was phenomenal, 30 points, 18 boards. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, best mm-hmm. game of the season for him so far. W- w- what did you think of his performance where, again, a second-year guy, 
not coming in highly touted, you know, coming out of Kentucky, which he was, but you're looking at this, he had 16, six and six. Uh, what do you think that looked different about him specifically other than the fact they were playing the own four Pistons, but what do you think that they, they did a little bit different with him? And, and do you think he looked a little bit more comfortable in his role in this one than he has previously? Yeah, I don't know if he, I don't know if he or the team did anything differently. I just think he had more success attacking the room. I and mean, you saw in that game against the Knicks or even uh, the previous game against the Thunder a little bit, uh, you know, he, he's so geared towards attacking the rim, but he's six two. He's not like a super explosive leaper, even though I think he gets decently off the ground. Um, and, and so he just, sometimes that leads to plays where he crashes into guys and he doesn't, he doesn't quite have that, that flexibility and that length, you know, finish around guys and, and do all these different things. And so I think tonight his, his finishes were just cleaner. Um, I thought he got to the rim. I liked though. He had one play. I think he attacked from the corner in the first half. He had, he shot faked uh, Sadiq Bay bit and he had a little, little finish there. I don't think I've seen that much from, from Tyrese. Um, had another play, the classic hesitation that he's really brought into his arsenal over the last year or so. Um, so I don't think it was anything different from him. I just thought uh, maybe, maybe the one thing I would know is I thought he was even a little more craftier than, than normal. And, you know, maybe took a step back and didn't just go full throttle, which is what, kind of removed from the rotation last year is he was always just attacking the rim at one speed and then settling for the floater or you're barely into the defense. And then uh, he, he adjusted when he came back into the rotation later, but uh, that was the biggest thing I just think cleaner looks maybe because of the quality of a pump, but he kind of helped himself with a few, a uh, few more counters than we've seen in the last couple of games. And then defensively, I was really impressed too. I thought he had a number of good plays, uh, whether it was one-on-one or, you know, even navigating pick and rolls defensively had a couple of good plays as an off-ball defender as well. So, yeah, I mean, I think tonight or the opening night game against the Pelicans was, was his best, and I would say probably tonight because I didn't think he was as good defensively, you know, that, that first game. So uh, pretty pretty encouraging all around. I think, you know, you're just going to be up and down, and that's what happens when you throw a 20-year-old into a, a starting role on a, on a team that expects to make the playoffs and, you know, eventually make a deep run, you know, whether it's with Ben or with, you know, something they trade for players they trade Ben for um, or – However you phrase it, I might have messed it up. But yeah, that's that's what I would see with Maxi. I'm kind of unraveling here. But that that was my takeaway. I think we've all had a love, enough of that, Jackson, but <laughs> we are still going to talk about it later in the in, in the podcast. But uh, another thing I wanted to bring up for you is is the new rotation at, at the four and five. Uh, we'll jump into that about George Niang, Andre Dumman. We'll do that after a short break. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we're back. Jackson, I wanted to ask you about the, the big men, the new big men, obviously with drumming. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
and, and Niang. What have your thoughts been about them over the first five games? Because I love what I've seen from Niang. And just in terms of what he brings, obviously from his shooting standpoint, but you've seen him a lot often, you know, he gets the ball or either off a rebound or he's kind of the, the, the first pass or the outlet. He's not afraid to bring it up and kind of try and set things up on the offensive end. But what, what have you thought about what the Sixers are doing with their new front court compared to what we saw last season with, with Dwight and Mike Scott? I mean, it's like a pretty massive upgrade, honestly. Like, I mean, you mentioned Mike Scott, but he, like, I mean, Mike Scott was kind of in rotation when he was healthy at the start. Um, but he, he wasn't healthy a ton, unfortunately. And then when he you know, eventually they just, you know, they kind of excised him from the rotation and went small. They went four guards, whether it was, you know, I think it was like Shake, George Hill, Matisse, and Furcon by the end of the year. Um, you know, or maybe Tyrese at times, you know, Tyrese and Shake were kind of battling for that last rotation spot. Um, and that, that hurt them at times. They're just so small uh, and skinny too. And now, you know, I'm not saying Yang is like you know, some super mobile or some super strong four, but just having someone with size that you know, can run some dribble handoffs, can pass from the elbows, can, can kind of be a facilitator in those, those bench heavy units, or those all bench units that we see a lot. And we saw tonight, of course, just helps. And I mean, he's not afraid to shoot either. Like the Sixers need more guys who just let it fly. Even if there's a guy, if there's a defender in their face and, and George does that, I think he's almost up to 50% from three through five games was two of four tonight. Uh, might even be above 50%. Yeah. He came in tonight, uh, I think six of 11 or he's at 55%. So, um, he just, he lets it fly. He's a smart passer as well. Um, you know, he has times where he just, he just can't get there defensively because he's not very quick laterally. Um, but when he is, when he was, when he is able to get there, he's, he's smart. Um, he's a good team defender when he's able to make rotations. He had a couple of nice plays against Julius Randall, even, uh, in that, in that blowout loss to the Knicks. So I've been really, really impressed with him. And I think he's the huge reason the bench has been better. I don't, I don't have the numbers after tonight's game, but, um, because it was a new rotation, you know, with shake back, but mm-hmm. uh, on the year that that was all bench units, whether it's even with, with Paul Reed, that one game Drummond missed or with Drummond at center um, have been positive for the Sixers. The Sixers have been positive with those five bench guys on the floor. And Yang is, you know, arguably the biggest reason for, for the, those positive minutes. Let's be realistic here. When you're looking at this, the Sixers have won three games against non-playoff teams. I think we can confidently, confidently say that the, the Pelicans, the Thunder and the Pistons ain't getting in. 0-2 against, Playoff contenders, the Nets, some people consider them championship contenders. When you look at it, and again, it's only five games in, so I'm not going to act like the the roof is caving in and, you know, they've looked terrible. You got to give them 15, 20 games to see, kind of gauge where the team is at. But through five games, what is one good thing and one bad thing you're noticing about the squad so far? Yeah, so one good thing is, you know, just playing off of that point right there is the bench looks a lot better. It really does. Like, And I think it's largely because of, of Niang and Drummond and even Furcon. I think those three um, have really good chemistry. I'm actually going to, I think I have a little segment about it and a piece coming out tomorrow on Liberty Ballers just about how good they've been offensively. And so I think that would be the biggest thing to take away is, um, is those three look awesome together off the bench. And they, you know, you, you, you would love, you would love if Doc didn't run, if you're a Sixers fan or whatever, you love if Doc didn't run so many all bench minutes, but it's the reality and he's the coach. And so it's at least encouraging that those bench minutes have been positive. They might not be positive against, good teams in the playoffs, but that's, that's really encouraging. It looks like a much improved bench. And that's what we heard all, all off season. It's proven to be true so far, which is not always the case with, with talking points during the off season or training camp. Um, but negatively, um, I think they tie, they tie together, but Joel Embiid hasn't looked great uh, offensively. And I think some of it is because he's being asked to do so much with Ben Simmons out of the lineup. Uh, and, and generally with Joel struggling somewhat is the offense hasn't looked great. I know they entered today, like top 10 defensive in offensive rating, they're actually lower in defensive rating, which is a weird thing to say about 
a Joel Embiid led led Sixers team, but um, the offense just looks so pedestrian as we kind of talked about at the, at the top of this pod. Um, not a lot of counters, not a lot of creativity. The playbook feels like it's about eight pages deep, and that's and I could list every page. Um, and so that's what I'd be most discouraged by because the offense was their downfall last year. You know, you can talk about Trey Young having a great series, but their defense was still great against the Hawks. It was the offense that just did the man, and you'd hope that you know the coaching staff would reflect on that and find ways to get more creative, and they just haven't. You could, and it's not like they had a new. It's not like you know, look at lacrosse the way let's, the Lakers haven't looked great offensively. They had a whole new roster. The Sixers basically have they have their same starting five, or at least you know guys of all in the rotation are starting this year. Um, largely the same bench beyond a few upgrades, but uh, that's that's what be, that's what most frustrating for me as someone who watches this team. But just I don't really feel like the offense is any better equipped, even with Ben, um, to to avoid those long stretches of of ineptitude. And we've seen a lot of ineptitude to open the season, even so. That's what's most frustrating, I would say. Yeah, it's been it's been frustrating to watch the continuation that we saw in the second round carry over to to this season. And, and you know, to me, it's like, OK, Doc, you got to start making some adjustments at some point. I think people have been pulling their hair out. They've been doing it with Doc Rivers as a coach since he was the Lob City running Lob City with the with the Clippers. And so, I, you know, I do think eventually something's going to have to give there, because like I said, you can get away with it against teams like the Pistons almost bit them in the butt in, in this one. But when you're playing the, the, the good teams, you know, you're going to they're going to make you pay. I know you. it's been a topic we've discussed ad nauseum in, in terms of the Ben Simmons stuff, but Doc Rivers did provide an update on Thursday morning saying that he's been training with the with the team at Camden. Uh, his back is getting better, but he is getting lots of shots up. Again, make of that what you will, because we all saw his Instagram post throughout the offseason. But when, when you're looking at how this thing plays out, and again, looking back at two weeks ago, and you know, I was in Philly at the, at the beginning of the month for training camp and it was like okay yeah the Sixers are saying the right things and then once he reported I thought hmm okay maybe there's a chance that he's he's gonna step on the court sooner than later then we had the drama with Doc Rivers at practice where he said he didn't want to take part in the defensive drill and now we're at this so ultimately I just want to get your take on this let's say by the end of November will Ben Simmons play another game in a Sixers uniform by the end of November so by, the, by the end of yeah. by the end of November yeah, yeah by the end of the by the end of next month uh that's tough I my gut still tells me I think he's going to play at some point. I don't know if I could say it's within a month um, just because, you know, you know, people like say whatever you want about like what, like I know that people didn't necessarily buy the back injury, but Ben has had a history of missing games with the back injury at a pretty serious one a couple of years ago. Um, I remember he played it like a half a game against the Bucks and then came out and was reported like, throwing up in the locker room because it missed some time. That was right before the shutdown, um, but he's missed games at times. So there, I mean, I don't know how serious that is, but it's definitely something that's bothered him in the past. And, then the mental aspect. I mean, I, I'm not privy to that sort of thing. And, you know, I just want to respect that. And you know, I'll criticize mm-hmm. Ben for a lot of things on the court. Um, but I, I don't feel any, I don't feel like it's my place or anyone's place to speculate on his mental health, but it seemed like something that is legitimate. He was trying to get help and the Sixers are putting him in contact with people, but I don't know what that process is going to be like. So I would say, I don't think he'll play in a month or by, you know, within a month, but I do think at some point he will play for the team because it wasn't the you know, maybe was it last week when a lot of these stories were coming out every day that like Ben, when he spoke with the team that he said he wanted to play at some point. And I don't, and I don't know the, the, the legitimacy of that, but I do think Ben wants to play at some point. And so I, I don't know, but I don't think it's gonna happen within a month, but I do think eventually he will suit up again for the Sixers. Um, or, but I, because I just don't think the market is out there for, you know, Daryl's been, Daryl Moore and company have been so steadfast and we're going to try and find a, a big time upgrade. Now, you may be the best, you know, or a big time difference maker, maybe the best difference maker that was available is Malcolm Brogdon's not eligible for trade anymore. So 
I, I will say no within a month, but yes, at some point this season. But I don't know when, when or what that will look like exactly. See, I, I think we're closer to him coming back, maybe than than other people than other people might think. And and because I'm looking at this from the perspective of, and I'm with you. I think once we heard that he was going through some stuff in terms of his mental health, I think everybody's kind of eased up on the okay. You know what I mean? Like this is deeper than just you know the guy doesn't want to play for the team because of what happened in, in June and, and kind of the lead up to it. But, uh, you know, the fact that he's there, he's in Camden, he's, he's, he's been working with the, with team officials and, and coaches and trying to work on his game and getting treatment for his back. I think it's a good sign. And, and, and again, from what I'm going off based off what doc river said uh, that Ben looks like he's in decent shape. And just in terms of his, his, his game condition that uh, they don't, they're not as worried about that, but you know, in terms of the mental health, I, yeah, I think take as much time as you need. Cause again, I, I'm with you on that. Let's not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody to what they should and should be doing if, if they're not right upstairs. And, and I think ultimately what will, what will happen, I think you'll start to see him maybe practicing with the team again uh, over the next week or so when they, when they spend these next you know few days at home and then maybe in two weeks, we'll, we'll see him back on the court. So I guess we'll wrap up on, on this Jackson, knowing what we know now and, and knowing everything that has gone on between the two parties, is there any chance, do you believe that Ben Simmons finishes the season in a Sixers uniform? Yeah, I I really do. And I like, and I don't, I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, based on the reports and things that we've heard, whether it's publicly or privately, like I think Dara Mori wants a star level creator in exchange for Ben Simmons. I don't know if that's plausible. I don't know if it's the right move, but I think he wants to see if Damon, like what happens in Portland, what happens in Washington, you know, like the bulls are off to a four and one start. Now they, they lost tonight to the Knicks. It looks like, but um, the bulls are off to a good start, but what happens if the bulls, you know, Zach will be into free agent. So, um, you know, the next summer. So I just think that's what he wants to do. And I just don't know what, like, I don't think anyone else is, you know, going to become available in the meantime. Right. And so I, I say yes, but I think, you know, when I'm, as I'm circling through cycling through all the, the different webs and angles of this entire story that is now we're four and a half months into it or four months into it. Um, I do wonder, like, you know, I think back to when Ben was at practice and, you know, the reports saying that he wasn't super engaged. Like, I don't know, you know, what's, what's behind that is that he really wants to get out. He wants, he's, he's trying to figure a way for the Sixers to pay and stay home, which, you know, is a smart move. He doesn't want to be part of the organization, but, um, but it's also, you know, a disservice to his teammates who are there and want to win. So I understand both sides of it, but I, I say yes, that he will end the season with the Sixers, but I don't feel great about it. And I can certainly see how, we could wake up tomorrow and there's some trade that as entices Sixers and this looks really, really silly in my behalf. But I, I in reality, I don't know, but I, but I lean yes. Well, hopefully that trade doesn't come tomorrow. Then that way, yeah, we can <laughs> jackasses on this pod. But, uh, you know, I, it's it's interesting because I, I broached this subject with um, with Paul Hudrick of Liberty Ballers when we were at, I was with him in Philly and we're talking about this. And I go, you know, I do think there's a chance he, he finishes the season because the way Daryl Morey, Doc Rivers, the way they've sounded through all this. And you remember, you know, Daryl's infamous radio hit last week where he basically said, you know, we'll let this drag on for four years. So again, I don't think they would, but I think that, you know, they're, they're, they're taking the stance that we are not going to make any deals that don't get us closer to a championship. And, and to me, it's like, okay, you look at you, you look at what's going on with the, the Blazers and in Portland, obviously you're familiar with that with, with, with Damian Lillard. And it's like, okay, that's obviously one guy that if the if he wants out or the, or the Blazers look at it and say, we want to rebuild everything, they're two and two at this point when we're recording this. So, I mean, again, the sky's not falling in Portland, but if that happens, that's a guy you might look at. And then you're also looking at, um, 
in the East where you got, you got Bradley Beal and, and, and the Wizards are four and one. And he's a guy we've heard linked to, to possible trade rumors throughout the entire offseason and until now. So I'm looking at this and thinking, okay, unless one of those two guys becomes available. And I think at this point, if, if things continue, it's more likely that, that Lillard would want out than want out than Beal. Unless another big name comes, comes up. I don't think Daryl Morey is going to make the trade. Now, if you get into the playoffs again with Simmons on the roster and things go similar to the, you know, the 2021 playoffs, then you're going to have a major issue. Then I think they'll make a panic move or whatever move they can to get rid of them. But I'm with you. I, I still think there's like a 30, 40% chance that he finishes off the season with uh with the Sixers and again time will tell because we've been talking about this for for more than five months now and I don't think we're any closer now than we are to a resolution that we were maybe two months ago yeah absolutely I think I think you're you're on you're on you nail on the head there um but yeah it just yeah it just it just feels like Daryl is prepared to play it out um you know I but I understand it from him, from his perspective to an extent I think you know maybe there's been some missteps but um, you know, it's also a bummer for Ben, but, um, you know, it's just, you know, I, I hope, I hope everything, I hope for Ben's sake, he gets, he, I, I hope, you know, given the way things are going, I hope he generally maybe, you know, comes around to the idea of coming back to the Sixers because it seems like that's, you know, the reality situation right now. And when I say coming back, I mean, returning to the court, obviously, you know, as we mentioned, he's with the team, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, because I, you know, the reports say he doesn't want to be a Sixer, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, it seems like that's going to be the case. And so, you know, the best thing for him would be to hope that he he embraces that and, you know, kind of, you know, because they can use him. I mean, as I said earlier, their defense has not been very good. It feels like they've put a lot on Joel's shoulders. And, um, you know, Ben is an incredible defender and, you know, a very good transition playmaker. So um, they could use him. And so the hope is that he he wants to to help them. But uh, we, we don't know yet. But we'll I guess we'll see maybe soon. Maybe maybe soon is all relative. But who, but who knows? Hopefully we have more more answers and questions moving forward here. Well, for us at Liberty Ballers, Jackson, it was a blessing and a curse because I'll be honest with you, we had nothing to talk about throughout the, the end of the offseason except for that. <laughs> and now it's been a curse where we just kind of want to focus on basketball and he's back with the team. But like you said, I mean, you know, soon is, is relative. We, we don't know when when the hell that's going to happen. Uh, we're going to wrap up here for this episode. As I said off the top, don't forget, subscribe to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. You can catch us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your fix. And of course, check out libertyballers.com for all your Sixers needs. Uh, Sean will be back with the Talking About podcast on Friday. And then I'll have the postgame recap for you guys. A big one on Saturday. Uh, Trey Young, the Atlanta Hawks coming back into Wells Fargo for a matchup against the Sixers. So I'll talk to you all then.